Welcome to My Orgasmic Life Podcast, a show that where we talk about sex, love, relationships, and kink. And of course, my favorite part, I share with you my very graphic, very juicy, and always entertaining orgasmic life. I'm Gaia Morissette, your hostess, and your holistic sexual wellness specialist, your trauma healer, your BDSM expert, and of course, your pro dominatrix. Mm. <laughs> the show was inspired to inspire you to support your orgasmic living. Remember, always check the content warning before you listen and make sure you're listening where no one else can hear it because you never, ever know what I'm going to say because I always come with an explicit graphic content warning. <laughs> now, strap in and enjoy the show. Welcome, 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 my wonderful listeners and fantastic audience. I love and adore you. Okay, so we're going to talk about why does kink and BDSM only ever show up usually on television at a crime scene? <laughs> And why that might be perpetuating some misbeliefs and misconstructs or misconceptions of what BDSM and kink is all about. Okay, so over the last six months, I've, you know, I've been watching a lot of TV while I've been, you know, recovering and healing my body. And, uh, you know, and so I've been watching a lot of crime shows, murder crime shows, and, and I've, you know, I've been watching ones that were like, you know, in the 90s and all through the first part of 2000s. And, you know, it's been it's been it's been an educational um, historical insight in watching TV shows the same, like, for example, Law and Order, CSI, um, you know, these, uh, you know, um, Missing Without a Trace. So I've been like all these, you know, older crime uh, shows that lasted for like 15, 20 seasons. And it's been really fascinating watching at the beginning of, you know, we, as a society, what we show on television is usually the baseline of our societal norms and what's acceptable. Um, and you can see it's been a very fascinating thing. So anyway, so part of this is why I want to talk about this is that, you know, I've been watching like what language is acceptable and what technology people are using and, um, you know, behaviors that were okay and, um, you know, and how they change over the last, say, 20 years um, or the last 30 years. And it, so it's been very fascinating doing that observation while I'm watching these shows. Now, there's a couple other observations I've made. <laughs> One, BDSM and kink is only ever showcased in, you know, from a, like a, 
bad place from at a crime scene. It's like, oh, serial killer, you see a dungeon. <laughs> you know, uh, people are digging into people's past and, you know, kink, you know, is a part of it. And, you know, that's part of the reason that it got them killed or like it's, it's, there's all this like deep seated, you know, any kind of kink BDSM creates a deep, creates deviance. This is the byproduct of what I've been watching and observing um, through watching, you know, these particular TV shows, as well as many other TV shows over the years um, that are not actually crime driven. They still end up in the shady component. So it's like, so this, this deep, what this does is it creates this deep sense of wrongness or this perceived idea that kink leads to crime or murder or death or sexual deviance or uh, you know a sexual scandal. These are all the things that happen, and that's where you know we sh where we see on television um, in the movies where kink shows up. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a couple of things that, you know, there, there was a show called Kink, which was very kink positive. There uh, was, you know, um, there is Build Your Own Sex Room, which is all very positive kink related stuff. So that's good. Um, you know, and there was some, you know, there's a show called Bonded. But again, even in Bonded, there was like some really like shady, unethical, dangerous practices. So like our imagery of what we know kink to be or BDSM to be really always leads you down a bad path, which is not true as somebody who is incredibly kinky, kink positive. I, tr I train doms, I train subs, I am a pro dom. Um, you know, I, you know, I practice, you know, kink, well, and the truth is all of my world is kinky. <laughs> There's very few places it's not. Ah, maybe while I'm frolicking naked outside, you know, tiptoe, that's my magical side. But other than that, the rest of me is pretty kinky. And my kink has not landed me in jail, nor has it landed me cutting anybody up and burying them in the backyard or like any of these things. And, and so... I want to just take, I just wanted to take a moment to like acknowledge that the, the, the sometimes, and even on a subconscious level, when we watch, what we watch creates, we take in that information, whether we agree, whether we know it or not, everything that we consume affects how, how we perceive the world. It affects our subconscious mind. It, it, it creates filters, it creates judgments, it creates all these things on a subconscious level that we probably aren't aware of. So when you see if the only pot, you'd ever see any positive kink uh, scenes, uh, relationship dynamics, any of that kind of stuff, underneath in the back of your mind, you're taking in that kink is bad, wrong, sinful, dangerous, sin, like all the things, because that's what it's portrayed in the media on a regular basis. Even Fifty Shades, by the way, um, which really opened up the conversation about BDSM and kind of normalized the conversation about BDSM, Fifty Shades in itself 
was incredibly dysfunction, dysfunctional, unhealthy, toxic, um, and wasn't anything healthy on how you practice BDSM kink in a healthy way. So even though it kind of like opened the doors to making it more, you know, you had all the you know, soccer moms reading the books uh, while they're, you know, watching their kids play soccer and open up dialogues about sexuality and open up dialogue about kinky sexuality itself was very, very toxic and very, very unhealthy. The, the storyline, the movies, the, the books, the whole thing. So, so that what happens if you happen to be kinky and all the imagery that you continually see is at the end of a crime scene or it's the, you know, the dungeon is because somebody's a serial killer or, you know, like deviant or whatever. And you happen to be kinky. What message subconsciously is that sending every time we see that? Well, I can tell you on a subconscious level, what that does is it says, there must be something wrong with me. It's not, it's not normal. It's not healthy. You know, I can keep it in track that I'm not going to like, you know, end up, you know, killing anybody, but there must be something wrong with me that I crave this, desire this and move in this way. And that comes from how society portrays it. Just like how society portrays, you know, sex workers. Again, sex workers always end up part of crime, murder, the cause of it, the victim of it, the easy to prey on, uh, seducers, the, you know, the, you know, the scandal, um, the sex scandal, and the worst possible thing you could be, be is be a, you know, a sex worker. And again, that messaging is like deeply rooted in every media that, so, so it's been interesting over the last, you know, over the last six months while I've been spending a lot of time watching me, you know, watching TV, I've been really like watching through this new observational lens on how many negative, both overt and subtle negative messaging is that we have taken in between kink and sex workers, there's a lot. Um, just like, you know, transsexuals, same thing. Always at it, always the victim of crime. <laughs> it's like all the things. And what that does is that it sends messages, A, one, it's not safe to do any of those things. B, um, you know, that if any, if you meet anybody that's doing any of those, any kind of sex work or um, kinky stuff, that there's something wrong and you should be afraid of them. Um, and if you happen to be any of those things, there's something seriously wrong with you. And so that creates this micro self-loathing and self-hatred that we may not even know that we have. And that might be why we are closeted um, for, you know, and, and I'm not saying sex working and kink are the same thing. It's just, it's like, again, sexuality and any kind of alternative sexual sexuality and expressions and stuff like that. And we'll, we'll sort of go back around about having conversations about sex working and shame and, and, you know, our societal norms and belief systems about that. Well, I'm going to do a whole episode on that, but I just, you know, 
I've been watching through this new these this new lens basically on how the messaging around kink has been given to us. So let's circle back around kink. So this may be why you are closeted or you're you know you're hiding it or you hate after you have you know you may reach out and find somebody to explore kink with you and feel incredibly bad about it afterwards. Um, you know if you um, you know, haven't found safe spaces to explore your kink and, and meet other kinksters that, you know, you haven't, you know, again, on TV, it doesn't show as a positive community, it doesn't show any of that stuff. It's all social shit, which is not true. The kink world is a beautiful, safe, healthy community, community of acceptance of diversity. And it, 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 it's beautiful. It's also, you know, you know, like any community, it has its ups and lows and it has its drama and it has its politics and it has, you know, its unhealthy practices as well. But as an overall, you know, statement on, you know, BDSM community and kink community, it is a beautiful place to be. But we don't have imagery and we don't show, that's not showcased in our, in our, what we watch on television. So if you happen to be kinky, this is probably creating some conflict internally with yourself. If you happen to be a dom, happens to be a sadist, the only sadists, you know, even when they mention on television, oh, they're a sexual sadist, as if, if you are a sexual sadist is going to lead to you being a serial killer. Like that's like, it's like basically, oh, serial killer. They're a sexual sadist. It's like, it's just like, that's, that, that's the way that is. Based on television, that's how it is. And so, you know, I know for me, I struggled for quite a while. And part of it was, you know, I've talked in other episodes about, you know, embracing my sexual sadist side. Um, but there is a definite societal media input of our societal judgments and fears and belief systems that you go too far if you're a sexual sadist. Now I am a sexual sadist and I haven't gone too far. Now, could I go too far? Yes, we can go too far with anything, no matter what it is. We can, any, anything around that's enjoyable, we can, you know, we can overindulge and it can become very unhealthy or we can embrace the thing and do it from a place of ethics and healthiness. It's the thing isn't the problem, it's how we move with the thing. So we can talk about, we can talk about food, we can talk about alcohol, we can talk about drugs, we can talk about work, we can talk about sex, we can talk about, you know, in the realm of kink, you can just keep upping, you know, upping the ante, keep upping the ante, keep upping the ante, especially with, especially when you have a, uh, you know, basically a, a sexual sadist and a sexual masochist that meet together that, yes, could it go too far? Sure, it could go too far if you let it. But, you know, just because you enjoy both being a, you know, a sexual masochist or a sexual sadist doesn't mean that you're going to end up, you know, being a serial killer or being a victim of one. I know that when I say it out loud, it sounds very ridiculous, <laughs> especially with all the kinksters who are listening to me like, yeah, of course not. But 
seriously, take a moment. Where have you seen that this is like, that's what we see inundated over and over and over and over again. So, so hopefully you counterpointed, like you counteracted that with having a healthy community, finding your kinks, embracing, embracing who you are kinky, not thinking there's something wrong with you. Um, and if you're struggling with those pieces, you know, reach out to me and I can help support you healing and moving through that so that you can embrace who you are and, and move with your, you know, that's what I've been doing for over 20 years is helping people to embrace their and in love and accept who they are as a sexual being, no matter what, in what aspect from whether being orgasmic, whether it being kinky, whether it being tantra, whether it being, it doesn't matter. It's like helping people to accept that who you are as a sexual being is an important part of who you are and that to move in a way that supports you and serves you and doesn't, you know, basically end up in a crime scene. <laughs> so you don't end up in a crime scene. There's too much paperwork. <laughs> but see, here's what happens. It kind of becomes a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. If we're told that it's bad, it's wrong, it's dirty, all the things, all the shame, all the messaging that we get externally from society, you know, you know, uh, we, every time we see anything like alternatively sexual, and it's always from like a dirty deviant, um, somebody's getting arrested, or it was the, the place of the crime, or the reason for the crime, or um, there's shady under, underbelly, and then what that does on a subconscious level, it makes us wrong. But the more, this is the thing about human nature. The more you're told you're not allowed to do something and the more you're told that it's bad and it's wrong, the more we actually crave to do it. And when we, so what that does is it starts to create an arousal response to some risky activities that may cause, may end up in a crime scene actually, <laughs> in all fairness, if but when we embrace that there's nothing wrong with it and it doesn't need to go into like the deep underbelly of society and it becomes a part of society and we shed light on it, then people don't end up, people who are wanting to go to those extremes or end up in those extremes or are actually toxic and unhealthy and predatory and, you know, murderous and rapists and all the things. If we had, if we shine more light on it, they can't hide as well in the community. So the, 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 the more, and we, you can see this out throughout history, the more oppressed people are, especially in the realm of human sexuality, the more extreme backlash and then the more underground it goes. And the more underground it goes, the more dangerous it can become. And it can become because you don't have people being open about it, talking about it, supporting each other, educating each other, how to be safe, all the things. And next thing you know, you're at a really shady space. Party, experience, 
you know, you, you didn't know all the questions to ask because we didn't talk about it because we didn't make it normal. So that's the byproduct of, you know, only ever seeing kink as part of a, a sex scandal that ruins somebody's political life or life or at a crime scene or the source of the crime scene. And what that does is it creates the more possibilities of that being a reality when it doesn't need to be the reality at all. So if you're new to kink and part of why you may have not embraced your own kinky self, because we all have a kink, one, many, Human nature is about sexual exploration. When we are healthy in it and we embrace it and we feel good about who we are as a sexual being and we're given permission, sexual evolution is keeps growing. Your desires keep growing to explore. That's healthy. And when that happens, we go out of vanilla. So doing it missionary with the lights off to adding since replay to kink to adding kinks and the more you explore the more kinks you can develop and the more kinks you enjoy the more kinks you develop and it's part of the sexual evolution of a person it's a healthy sexual evolution of a person um when it is from a place of acceptance not from a place of hiding, not from a place of shame. The minute shame is a part of any part of um, your sexuality, what that does is it creates, starts to create self-loathing, which then creates self-fulfilling prophecy of ending up in dangerous situations, high-risk situations, dangerous situations. Um, and part of it, then you become, then there's this weird thing that can happen where your arousal response is about how much high risk you're in. So that it can be very, there's a whole bunch of layers to that, that, um, you know, I think we'll have another episode just talking about upping your ante and risk, risk reward in the world of kink um, and sexual exploration. So I'm going to do a whole episode just about that because I think that's a really important conversation to have. Um, so we don't end up in places where we don't want to, and we don't end up in situations that make us feel bad or dirt or dirty or wrong or hurt us both physically, emotionally, or spiritually or sexually. Um, so, you know, that's important, but for the purpose of our topic today, um, when you're what I want you to start observing, actually, this is when you start to acknowledge it, it changes the power of it. Okay. So. When you're like coming across like, you know, social media posts, articles, you're watching TV shows and you come across it. Every time a kink is presented, is it presented from like, ooh, this is a fun, healthy, normal thing? Or is there some kind of judgment or danger or, you know, actual death involved in it? And when you observe from that, you can say that isn't the truth. That isn't the norm. That's the extreme end of the spectrum. That's not the average in the spectrum. That's not the norm. That's not what the kink world is about. The kink world is about safety and communication and, and respect and all these beautiful things. 
is not about what we end up typically seeing. But until you can start to pick it out, you may not know where some of that messaging might be stored inside you that you might be carrying some of that shame, the kink shame, hiding, judgment, not being able to you know, talk to your partners about it, what, you know, you're doing it, you know, uh, in a place where it feels very unsafe, you may not be practicing with people that are safe, like, you know, how is that showing up for you? And once you can see where it shows up, then you can like, oh, I can change that. I don't need to have it that way. So I'm going to give you uh, a couple of resources to start building a healthy kink community for yourself um, to be surround if you happen to be kinky. And if you are like maybe a little bit kinky, but you have been afraid to explore it or have conversations about exploring it with your partner, then reach out to me and I can help facilitate that with you and your partner, those conversations, um, even teach you guys how to do it. Um, I've got online courses that you know can be very beneficial to understanding about your own kinks, figuring that out, what BDSM is all about, how to do it, practice it safely, all the things. Okay. Um, so you never end up as part of a crowd seat. <laughs> all right. So the first resource I want to give you is obviously me. Okay. I'm a great source of resource. And if you reach out to me and I can't support you, what you need around awakening education, um, helping you heal your uh, kink shame, um, which is if, and I'm not, if I'm not a good fit, then I have some other people that I trust um, that I can send you to as well. Okay. So I'm a great resource, knowledge, experience, all the things. The second resource that I want to offer you is if you're not familiar with FetLife, FetLife is F-E-T-L-I-F-E.com. It is the basically social media platform for kinky people. And in there, there's events, groups, uh, discussions, um, exploring, education, videos, pictures, like you, you, you drop into the world of, uh, if you want to drop into the world of true world of BDSM, go create a profile on FetLife and start to navigate FetLife. Now, again, um, if you want to go again, you know, due diligence, right? So you know, if somebody, you meet somebody on FetLife, you need to make sure it's just like any other dating situation. You got to make sure that you have, you've asked the questions, you have your safety protocols, so people know where you're going, you meet in public, you have all the conversations. I have a bunch of episodes on uh, BDSM kinky dating. Um, go, go listen to those episodes because it tells you here are the questions here's the vetting process blah 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 blah, and will really help you through that process to make sure that you end up in a safe situation um so do your due diligence do your discerning listen to one of those episodes on my orgasmic life about dating kinky dating the other uh wonderful thing about fat life is that it posts uh, so you can find out your local community. 
And, um, and there's these thing called munches. That's what they're called. They're uh, basically vanilla kink events where uh, people, all kinksters in your community uh, meet up in street playing clothes, plain street clothes and, you know, at a restaurant or whatever. And, you know, you get to know each other and you just kind of, it's like a social meet and greet kind of thing. And that's where you can, you know, there's always, who's ever running the munch um, is usually like tapped into the local community um, pretty actively. And, you know, they can, you know, introduce you to people that, you know, you may have similar kinks with each other. And um, so, you know, you can become friends or maybe play partners or whatever works for the people that are involved in that. I highly recommend you doing munches, building your safety community before you go to any play parties, especially private house play parties or even one-on-one -on -one play. Um, make sure you have um, some experience, people know where you are, you've learned some stuff um, because you wanna be safe. Safety, 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 okay? So, and again, by entering into this world where the actual legitimate kinky community that's in your community <laughs> where you live, because there's kinkster everywhere over the world, all over the world, um, this will help to feel not isolated and not alone and start to maybe override some of those messaging that you've gotten growing up through society, through media, through teach, you know, through school, through wherever you've gotten those messages that being kinky is bad, unsafe, wrong, dirty, dangerous. I mean, don't get me wrong. It is, it can be dangerous because some kink activities are pretty high risk. So from that perspective, that's why you got to be extra safe and extra careful, um, especially if somebody you don't know is tying you up. <laughs> uh, that just seems like a bad idea unless you do like some serious research. They've been vetted, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So <laughs> it always amazes me how many people come visit me and they're like, yeah, sure. Tie me up. I'm like, you don't even like that's, I have a huge process before that gets to that. Um, so they can feel safe and trust and, you know, we build rapport and things like that, but it's always amazes me how many people don't want to do that. They just want to like, let me tie them up. I'm like, you don't know if I'm going to like, you know, catch up into little pieces. <laughs> so, which of course I'm not, but I'm just saying, right. So that's how you build your community. All right. Start Fet life is a great place. Build that community there will be, there's usually pretty active, where depending on where you live, it's active community. Now, here's the thing. You can, you know, build your community where you live or you can, you know, often people go to the next town over and build a community there for fear that they'll run into people that will know them. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> if you meet them in your town, they also are kinky. So there's, and they're certainly not going to go and say, oh yeah, I saw Bob at the munch. That's, that's part of the, part of the code of the kink world 
is that what happens in the kink world stays in the kink world within the kink community. So if you're afraid you're going to run into somebody you know, isn't it better that you do run into somebody you know? Because now you have already a built-in rapport and now they're kinky and you're kinky. So maybe you guys can go have a kinky barbecue together or even just have conversations about, you know, your kinky life, you know, when no one else is around. So it's actually not a bad thing. And again, they're not going to out you because they don't want you to out them. So it's okay to run into people that you know in the kink community. It's good to run into other kinksters. When you know other people are kinky, then it becomes a kink safe space for you to talk about it. So I'm not talking about playing. I'm just talking about just acknowledging it, right? It's like, you know, um, like for example, for me, I mean, everybody, I live a very open life. Obviously I share all of my stuff on, you know, my podcast It's very juicy. It's very detailed. Um, I'm out across the board about all the things, everything that is me. And so people in my life know, you know, who I am. Now I have people that I have G-rated and they know G, I have G-rated conversations. And then I have everybody else who has like the X-rated conversations. And then there's a few handful of people who are truly like my kinksters, uh, where I can have, you know, triple X conversations with. And so, so my G-rated people, in my life, um, when they ask me, they ask me, so how's, how's, how's things going? And I'm like, uh, how much information do you want? You want G-rated or you want like the truth? And they're like, mm, I think I'm only going to go G-rated. I'm like, okay. I'm like, is it PG-13? <laughs> and that's how much I share with them. But I have people that I can share my world with. I can share my thoughts with. I can share, and especially when you are in kinky relationship. So, you know, dynamically, and my, you know, with my uh, master, you know, we have a dynamic where I'm his subby and he's my master and I'm collared and there's a power exchange and there's interactions that happen in that, that the people in my life have to understand this is how we interact with each other and it's consensual and it's all things. Now, non-kinky people have a really hard time understanding the dynamics that are at play. Kinksters are like, oh yeah, I totally understand. It's all good, blah, blah, blah. So I get to be who I am and the people who are the closest, closest to me um, that get to be a part of my life and see how I move in the world, they are all kink-friendly. They all kinksters themselves and they are kink friendly because otherwise I would not really be able to talk about anything. <laughs> you know, like I got a new swing for the dungeon. Like I'm super excited about that. I can't, no, I know what else, like, non-kinky people don't want to hear about my dungeon and they don't want to hear about how excited I am about the new swing and all the things I did with my new swing. All the positions you get in, <laughs> all the kinky things you can do with the new swing, right? That's what I'm happy about. That's what I'm excited about. Otherwise, the only other thing I'm excited about right now this week is I got, it's pee season. <laughs> French pee season. And I'm like, oh my God, I love pee. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> so unfortunately, the G-rated people in my life don't really get much. They, they get more time talking than I do. 
because I don't really have much to share because most of my life is all very X-rated. And I like it that way. So again, back to, and I want, my life is very X-rated. Let's talk about this. X-rated, kink, you know, dungeon, you know, another day, you know, a friend of mine, you know, another Dom who's staying with me is a good friend of mine. You know, the other day I had a client over, it's like 6 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> She's laying in bed, listening to me spank him. <laughs> She's like, my wife, our life's so weird. It is weird, but it works for us. Um, that's just, that's like a Monday morning, 6 a.m. in the morning. So I couldn't live the life that I want if I was in the closet. Now I have lots of, uh, you know, both clients and non-clients and friends who are in the closet and they have like their kink world and then they have their vanilla world. And, but they still have a kink world, whether that's, whether that's coming and seeing me so that they have a space where they can explore and feel safe and, you know, express it, or they uh, have, you know, other lifestyle, you know, they go to kinky events or whatever. There is a part of them that is expressing their kink. It gets really scary and really awful when you can't share your kinky self with anybody. It's very lonely. So build a community. It could be a community of one, just even if it's just one person that you connect with, that you can talk about your kinks and your desires and, you know, um, how to ex maybe how to explore them or have them, you know, a safe space where they can talk, you know, even if it's just one person or you can build a whole community. There's a whole world of kinky people. Or, you know, hiring a, you know, a pro dom that you can, you know, or a pro sub that you can explore with in a safe environment, in a healthy, safe environment. Um, things turn sideways when we hide them. Things turn sideways when we have shame and guilt. Things turn sideways when it's, an, it's dark and it goes in the underground. That's when things go sideways. That's when we get an end up at a crime scene, right? And when you're watching TV, I'm going to reinforce this. I want you to pay attention to all of the subtle judgments to overt kink shaming and kink judgments that you see. And, you know, and when you're watching it and acknowledging it and be like, oh, wow, that was some serious kink shaming. When you acknowledge it, you don't internalize it. And the other piece around there's different kinks and some kinks are way more taboo than other kinks. So even in the kink world, um, you really, you know, sometimes people ick each other's wow. The nice thing is you can say, don't ick my wow. My kink's not your kink. Your kink doesn't have to be my kink. We can respect each other's kink. We can respect each other as kinksters without having to really understand or be turned on by each other's kinks. So find your community, whether it's one or many, so that you don't feel alone. And remember, being kinky doesn't make you a serial killer. <laughs> And it doesn't mean that you're the, the, the about, you know, par, part of a sex scandal. 
Okay. Like, I just want, just want to read just because TV, TV says so. It doesn't mean it to be true. All right. Till next time, stay kinky, stay observing, observe and aware. And you know where I am, empressguy.com. Let me help you in every, whatever capacity and listen to the outro, all the different ways that you can spend time with me. Thank you for listening to my orgasmic life. Mwah. Bye. Hmm. Well, I hope today's episode inspired you, encouraged you, and of course, made you feel tingly inside. <laughs> I just want to take a moment to tell you how much I appreciate the time that you spend and how I really deeply appreciate you listening. I do it for you guys the audience. And I love and adore you guys. So quick loving reminder, I am not available for naked pictures, getting married, having sex or having anybody's babies. And when you want to spend more time with me in a professional capacity as your coach, your teacher, your educator, your facilitator, um, you can reach me at GaiaMorissette.com. That's the gateway to all things Gaia. I also lovingly invite you to follow me on Instagram, which the handle is my orgasmic life podcast, where you can leave feedback and comments. Also come join me on Facebook, at my orgasmic life podcast, Facebook group. And I really want to hear from you. I want to know how this show affected you. Did you, what did you learn? Was it inspirational? Did you agree? Do you disagree? Um, you know, I want, I want to know. Because I'm a little bit of a voyeur. So I want to know what, how am I affecting you? <laughs> so please, please, please come leave some comments. Now, if you're like, but I don't want everybody to know what I'm thinking, which is okay. Sometimes we need privacy and we need to be anonymous. So you would like that option? We have that. You can email my slutty assistant. Layla at GaiaMorissette.com. Okay, listeners, until next time, may your life be filled with sexy exploration and orgasmic pleasure. Bye-bye.